there. Welcome to Weird Al's All Accordion Marching Band Camp. Wow! Famous singer-songwriter Weird Al Yankovic. Scooby and I have been dreaming about coming here for years. Yeah, years. Mr. Yankovic, why is everyone leaving? Please, call me Weird Al. It seems there's a crazy rumor going around that a real-life dinosaur is attacking my accordion camp. A big hello to all you mystery solvers out there, and welcome to Heavy Metal, a podcast about Scooby-Doo. My guest this week is Dan Lewis, but probably not the one you're thinking of. This one is a comedian, an all-around nice guy. Dan, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. I'm very happy to be here. Happy to talk about things to do. Of course, of course. Um, Dan, I'm interested to know um, what kind of your background is with Scooby-Doo? Well, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, am I the oldest guest you've had, by the way? Uh, no, actually, my dad has been on this show. His okay. episode hasn't well, come out yet. But, yeah. yeah. I'm at the tender age of 37 years old. Uh, I remember, I'm, I come from the era of Saturday morning cartoons. Of course. And uh, I believe they played reruns of Scooby-Doo when I was a child. Uh, I'm just going to be blunt. I didn't really like Scooby-Doo that much. Well, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. What well, did- it's, here, here's what happened. I watched it, and I think it was the first show that, as a child, I recognized the formula of a show. Right. Yeah. And, and, and for better or worse, the old Scooby-Doo episodes were pretty much adhere to that formula every single episode. Yeah. Um, so, but and, I, that, I, and that annoyed you, I guess. Uh, it annoyed young Dan a little bit. It's like, it was very easy. Uh, this episode that we watched today was a little different. Um, but the old, like, the, it started in the 60s or the 70s? It started in 1969. Okay, so basically the 70s. Uh yeah, it was like the '70s version was like uh, you could figure out who the who the villain was right away. Yeah, yeah. And uh, don't even get me started on Scrappy Doo. I, I I did like a lot when I was a kid uh, a pup named Scooby Doo because that pu- made fun of the formula. Yeah, yeah. That's a funny funnier show. Um, and I also I don't remember what this one was called. Scooby Doo, where the ghosts were and monsters were real. Um. The, is it the Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo? Maybe That's probably. Yeah, I liked that because I liked that the most the ghosts and monsters were real. Which I understand is like flying in the face of what the show is about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they that it definitely does adhere to a formula. Sometimes they like to branch out from that formula. Sometimes they don't. But um, I was a big cartoon watcher as a kid. Yeah. Uh, I loved Ninja Turtles. That was like my and actually before that, even before that, uh, since I was born in in the nineteen eighties, I loved my favorite first cartoon that I can remember was either Care Bears or Inspector Gadget. Wow! Wow! Do I I have seen Care Bears? Um, I remember seeing it as a kid and not liking it. 
Well, I was in my defense as a Care Bear fan. I was maybe three or four years old. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to. Uh... <laughs> my taste wasn't very discerning at the time yeah exactly hard to to see any cartoon at that age and not fall in love with it Um, yeah but but, uh, i remember uh when i was like five or six or seven years old inspector gadget they would play a rerun of inspector gadget every night it was like my appointment viewing well, uh, Inspector Gadget, I've only ever seen the movie and also hated that. So, uh. <laughs> Oh, the movie's terrible. Don't get me started. Oh, I could do a whole podcast episode of how much I hate that movie. That, um, I, was, I was like, yeah, I don't, yeah, we don't need to get into the Inspector. This is a stupid new podcast. We don't need to get into the Inspector Gadget movie. Um, so the episode that you have selected here is Attack of the Weird Allosaurus. That is... Um, from Scooby-Doo and Guess Who, and is the 10th episode of the first season of that show. It obviously guest stars Weird Al Yankovic. So my question to you, Dan, is why Weird Al? Weird Al is my hero. I love that man like, like he's my second father. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is... When I was a little... I, I've never been a huge music guy, but I remember when I was a kid, I don't remember how I discovered that Weird Al was a thing, but uh, I remember I was like, oh my God, you can do music and be funny? Because I always loved comedy. Yeah. Um, and I remember back in the day, this is this is another old people story. Um, you know how like, um, you remember, remember a, a, a company called Blockbuster? Of course, yeah. The Blockbuster was riding high in the nineties and they had a they had branched out to something called Blockbuster Music. And I was a little kid and they had a thing, they had this really cool thing. It was sort of like the precursor to like you know how on iTunes you can listen to a sixty second snippet of a song. Yeah. Well you back then before pre internet you could do it you did it by eight hundred number. And I would go to my uh the development I lived in to public pool and go to the payphone and just Listen to thirteen second snippets of the Weird Al songs until I until the, until I could until I got tired of it. I've always loved wow. Weird Al. I've seen him live four times um, in my life. He's he's my comedic hero, and uh, I love him. And I thought, well, if I'm going to watch a Scooby Doo episode, I remember I remember the guest stars episodes. I used uh, from when I was a kid. I remember some for some reason I had on a. VHS tape the episode where uh, Batman and where Batman teams up with Scooby yeah. against the Joker and the Penguin. Yeah, classic stuff. Um, yeah, I, remember, I remember he had a Scooby snack in his bat in his, in his utility belt. Yeah, I mean that's just it's a great <laughs> joke. Yeah, but Weird Al, Weird Al's like it's like if I was, I was like. I heard. I remember hearing about this new Scooby Doo show. What's it called again? Scooby Doo and Guess Who? Yeah. And I um, saw that they had for episodes of interesting, interesting choices. I would say. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, like, it's like, like, the, like, like my second choice would have been the Urkel episode. Urkel episode is insane. I'll tell you that much. I've seen it. It is ridiculous. <laughs> um, ridiculous. More ridiculous. Than a dinosaur. This one is pretty crazy too. I'll say that they 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 the writers are really swinging for the fences with these. I think 
um, while also not doing a lot either. <laughs> um, it's kind of interesting uh, how this show functions. Um, my kind of relationship with Weird Al is uh, I remember being a kid, I was like nine or ten, and we went to visit some family friends and you know our my parents were talking to their parents and us kids were upstairs and uh they were like hey do you know weird al yankovic and i was like i don't know what 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 you're talking about what are you saying to me um so they got on to you know their family pc and they started playing a bunch of his songs it's so like I, I i remember they played obviously white and nerdy was the big one at the time and the star wars one and um i bought it on ebay was the other one that i remember distinctly <laughs> those are all those are yeah those are making me feel old that those were your first weird house almost well yeah i mean i i was uh i'm younger than you <laughs> yeah, no, i know that's my own hanging up not yours uh, i feel like um i feel like white and nerdy and the star wars thing both really brought him back for a new generation he right? like, he's, yeah this is the longest he's gone between albums sure uh, i just mean that like those were very popular so like they white were nerdy was his first top 10 single yeah they brought into a, a whole new um, when i was a kid the, the big song was amish paradise right yeah of course of course a classic and, like, and all the controversies surrounding that song yeah yeah um okay dan do you want to go ahead and start talking about attack of the weird allosaurus i would love nothing more so the episode um is set at weird al's accordion camp a camp <laughs> um, i would have killed to go to i'm not a musically inclined person but i would just meet weird al i would probably go i'll be honest like i I guess it makes sense, but I hadn't really, because I, I I'm not a super big Weird Al person, so I didn't I don't didn't know all the lore before researching for this podcast today. Um, yeah. So like I didn't really realize how big of a, a accordionist he was, and how much that is part of his. his oh, he's very image. Yeah. He, he is a very accomplished accordion. He's probably the world's most famous accordion player. Surely, yeah. Um. So when this episode started and it was a bunch of kids playing accordion, I was like, what is, what is this? What is that really like that big of a deal? But I guess it, it makes sense. I guess it does track with his, uh, with his whole his persona. Um, thing about the accordion is that it doesn't sound very good. <laughs> no, it, unless it's like, it sounds good when he plays it. Sure, yeah, because he's he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a, it's like it's like bagpipes. If you're you either got to be yeah. a master or don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like when this episode starts with a bunch of kids playing accordion out in the woods, I was just like, this is a a sonic experience. It's really <laughs> <laughs> doing a number on my ears here. Um, but. I guess that's a kind of the joke because they play the accordion so bad that it causes a landslide. And, oh, yeah, uh, you're talking about the point of the children's cartoon where the children are in mortal danger. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they cause a landslide. There's no chaperone. Yeah, there's no summer camp counselor with them. They're just out in the woods at night playing the accordion together as a marching band. When the um, avalanche happens, they'll just stand there, watch it, and watch it rather than run away. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the uh, the landslide reveals that there is a dinosaur inside of this mountain, so it's a double danger. Dinosaur. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't, but, I can't help it. I understand. You know, people of a certain age like you, they just can't help it. Um, um, so yeah, the dinosaur is revealed. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, we, you know, that's our cold open and we cut back to the gang and apparently, uh, Shaggy and Scooby both are very excited about Weird Al's accordion camp. Uh, as a, as a casual Scooby-Doo watcher, I have to ask, has this ever come up in any other episode ever? The accordion has never come up though. Um, this is a a new trait that we have just learned about our two pals here that they uh, dropped after this episode as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, one could say that they accomplished their dream in this. Oh, episode. That is, that is fair. Um, but yeah, they, all of a sudden they've, uh, you know, Shaggy and Scooby both have this, have this lifelong dream of wanting to be a, uh, a, accordionist in a concert setting so they've come to this summer camp only to discover that all of the kids are gone um they all rightfully were taken home by their parents after there was a landslide and a dinosaur attack (laughs) now now, i guess i guess um my question is how if this is if this is happening why hasn't this made the news this would be like huge a dinosaur sighting Huge news. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's like the parents the parents aren't keeping it secret. Maybe Weird Al had them all signed very um, specific non-disclosure agreements. Um, uh, he, he is a very litigious man. Mr. Yeah, Mr. yeah. Including, you know, don't talk about dinosaurs clause or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, they show up. Weird Al's there. What do you think of how do you feel about Weird Al's portrayal in this episode? Um, I was happy that he did study, that he sang a lot in the episode. Yeah, but my my critique of the episode of, of of it is none of it's a parody. Yeah, I know he doesn't just do parodies, but he could have at least done one parody of something, even something public domain, and he was. I guess he was making fun of himself, which is fine. Yeah. Because, because he was portrayed as, as obnoxious. Yeah. Like that was like, he wasn't obnoxious unintentionally. That was like the, that was the point. Right. Um, yeah, I was wondering about that because he does seem to, it's not like a reverent betrayal. (laughs) No, no, it's not. But Um, yeah, I was like, I was worried that he wasn't even like, I, I started the episode. I was like, "Oh, is he even going to sing in this episode?" That's like his thing. He's he like, sings a lot. Yeah, he oh, sings a lot. Oh boy, does he! And the songs aren't great, but he does. No, sing a lot. no, they're not. <laughs> um, it would have been fun. Have you seen any of the episodes that he's guest starred of on, on the Simpsons? Yeah, yeah. He actually does good song singing songs in those. Yeah, same thing goes with Thirty Rock, right? Like he's he has a oh, great yeah. guest spot and, on that and sings a really fun song. Um, and I know for a fact that you watched his movie last night. What did you think of that? I did. UHF. It's very good. Very, very fun. Very good. The music in it is really good. I really like the uh, the Beverly Hillbillies. Um, is that your first exposure to that song? I mean, I heard 
the original Beverly Hillbillies theme song, I guess. I mean, like to the to the um to his version of it. Yes, yes, that was my first exposure to that. Oh, that's that's fun. Um, yeah, it was, it was a, yeah, it was a great sequence and a generally great movie. I would say I really I I, I love that movie very much. Uh, I wish you yeah. could do another one, but I think I don't know if you know the story behind that movie. It, it bombed pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. It um, came out in the summer of 1989, which would be like the biggest summer movie season of all time. Yeah. Um, kind of tough luck there for you, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, UHF is a great movie. I was just thinking it would have been fun if Weird Al had done a parody of the Scooby-Doo theme song, you know? Yeah, like, he, that would have been great too. Uh, he, he's no stranger to children's television. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with that. In the, in the 2000s, he had a children's TV show on CBS that nobody watched, except for yeah. Super Friends. Yeah, I mean, he he does seem geared towards a juvenile audience, for sure. Uh, oh, we ask for everybody, for all ages. Well, yeah, but, I'm just, yeah, but I mean, what I mean is that he's not, um, it's it, it's not oh, out yeah, of character to be on this show, you know what I mean? Right, like, right, no, exactly, he, he doesn't swear in his song. It's yeah, very yeah. dark in a lot of his songs, yeah. but it's never, it's never, it's always like CG dark. Yeah. Like I would, I would recommend uh, a song called Christmas at Ground Zero. Okay. Where it's, sure. it's him, it's him responding to his, uh, his label, his label was pushing him to make a Christmas album. So he's like, okay, I'll, I'll do a Christmas song about how, about how we're, it's Christmas and we're all going to die from nuclear annihilation. Yeah, that that sounds like him for sure. <laughs> um, what do you think of our? We are introduced quickly to like three potential suspects, right? He's very happy that they did. Like at first, the first suspect would be like, "Oh, well, this is the suspect," and then, yeah. and um, this is the this is it. They're not, they're not even trying to mask that this no pun intended mask. Um, that this is the the what was the character's name in the lady in the cave? You got Doctor Josephine Tuttle. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh well, it's this Doctor Tuttle is it? And then like, and then they started introducing more suspects, and I was actually pleasantly surprised. It's like, oh, they're actually creating a little bit of a mystery for me here. Yeah, yeah. You got Doctor Tuttle. You got Pete and Pete, the Canadian guys. <laughs> yes, I like I like them. And uh, Big Bob, who is the most cartoonishly evil character I've ever seen, because he wants to tear down this summer camp and set up a, a fracking operation. Oh, that was that was that was amusing to me that a children's cartoon had a villain that was a fracker. Yeah, yeah, it, it did seem uh, like kids know kids are very up to date and, and knowledgeable about what fracking is these days. Yeah, it did seem uncharacteristic, but I think that might have been one of Weird Al's suggestions was that he could, you know be vehemently opposed to fracking in the episode. Um, Cause you know, he is a humanitarian as well. Um, oh, he's, yes. He, he is a very good, he is a very good man. It's one of the reasons I love him so much. There's a, there's a, a really funny bit. Um, Cause you know, Shaggy can actually play the accordion very well. Whenever he, that, plays. Was, a, that, was, a good, that was a good piece of business. Yeah. He plays Southpaw, but naturally, Scooby Doo cannot play the accordion because he is a Great Dane, <laughs> and he has no thumbs. Yeah, um, so there's a, there's, like literally no thumbs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
but you know, Weird Al is determined to teach him. So he's he's teaching him how to how to play at nighttime while the gang is all asleep. Right? Um, he's counterproductive. Yeah, he gives him like big plastic hands and chopsticks and all these things. Um, and I liked that that whole sequence. Um, I was disappointed when the dinosaur then shows up as they're doing that. I was hoping they would have like a more prolonged bit about the dinosaur being there and the gang all having earmuffs on so they wouldn't know that the, the dinosaur is there. You know, like I thought they could do, could have done like a fun Jurassic Park parody or something with that sequence of... Uh, I will, I, yeah, I will say um, I was surprised. A little spoiler towards the later part of the episode. It fooled me for a while in that I thought it was a real dinosaur because it was doing things that only real dinosaurs could do. Right. Yeah, that's true. You know, it got you. Maybe the show is smartened up since the 80s. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, it's it's tearing apart a car. How could a guy in a mask do that? Yeah, it really it, it really does a number on this this mystery machine and even rips off the uh, the trunk and, and, and or not the trunk, the, the bumper of the car and all this stuff. And it That's is, where it's like, okay, I guess it's a real dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. Um, the monsters have leveled up since you were a kid, I would say. Daphne chipped a nail pulling off a monster's mask. We'll be back. Uh, anybody got a nail file? But before we continue with the plot, Dan. Yes. I'd like to play a little game with you. I love, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of games. And I actually picked this one out and tailored it just for you. Well, that's, that's awful sweet of you. Because this is, this game is called Scooby or Not Scooby. And okay. The premise of the game is that each week I, I come up with a series of titles, some of which will be a title of an episode of Scooby-Doo, and some will be a title of something else. And because I knew you were coming on this week, it is, is it an episode of Scooby-Doo or an episode of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Oh, boy. I think I feel like this, this game, uh, I'm either going to crush it or be terrible. Would be embarrassing if you didn't do very well. I'm ready. I'm ready. I got my game face. All right, here we go. Who's afraid of the big bad werewolf? That's got to be Scooby Doo. That is a Scooby Doo. That's a that's an old school Scooby Doo episode. It came from beneath the sewers. Hmm. Well, as we all know, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles—that's where they live. That's true. We do all know that. And. Two of their villains, Leatherface and the Rat King, both live in, also live in the sewers. I'm going to say that you're trying to swerve me and guess this is a Scooby-Doo episode. Oh, you overthought it. That is a Ninja Turtles episode. It is. Uh, the turtles are lured deep into the sewers by a plant-like tentacle monster. That episode. You say bad episode? No, no, I remember it. It's oh, okay. um, and at one point they have to. They have the, one of my favorite tropes is is invoked in this episode, where the the heroes and and the villains have to team up against a greater threat, because uh, they they Shredder and the Ninja Turtles team up against the tentacle monsters at one point. I see. That is fun. That is fun. All right, I got some more. Um, the case of the killer pizzas. That's gotta be. 
Ninja Turtles. That is, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Krang, Bebop, and Rocksteady send the turtles deadly eggs from Dimension X masquerading as meatballs on a pizza. Ninja Turtles famously like to put uh, anything and everything on their pizzas, so that is a good way to get them. The Sludge Monster from the Earth's Core. I'm going to guess Scooby-Doo. That is. That is a pop-named Scooby-Doo episode. Uh, oh, I, I wonder if it was... I bet you I, bet you I know who the, mon- who, the, uh, who the villain in that episode is. Who is that? I bet it's Red Herring. Oh, it's got to be Red Herring. It's always Red Herring. It's got to be. I mean, just look at him. He's got, a, he's got that kind of face. Mm-hmm. Wear rats from Channel Six. I'm going to say because of the ch- of the channel part, um, it's probably an uh, April O'Neil focused episode, and and that's in Ninja Turtles. Yeah, the Rat King attempts to mutate April O'Neil into a rat creature with a special kind of rainbow mutagen. How do you do? The cook who stole my comic book. No real. Hence, either that that put me either um, either there. It's called the Kook who stole my comic book. Yes, I'm gonna say Scooby Doo. That is a pup named Scooby Doo. It is. Yes. Ah, uh, yes, pup named Scooby Doo. Okay, uh, that was made in the in the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah. The comic contemporary book. show for sure. Well, okay. Okay, got two more. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready for you. Creepy Cruise. Cruise as in as in uh, sea cruise. Yes. Uh, Scooby Doo. Yes, that's true. Did the uh, did the gang never go? On, did the turtles never go on a cruise on, on board? A, that's a boat my trip? recollection. Wow, I'm really uh, underestimating your uh, your memory of this show. <laughs> oh well, I'm just using logic. They lived in Manhattan. Sure. Yeah. But didn't they? Isn't there a whole season where they go overseas and go to all sorts of places? Um, maybe one of the later series that I didn't watch was of the 80s and 90s version. Fair enough. All right, last one. Right. The Ice Creature Cometh. That sounds very Scooby-Doo. That is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode. Rocksteady and Bebop jump, dump mutagen in the Arctic, which creates a living ice creature they nickname Frosty. Oh. Those 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 rapscallions. For real. Yeah. Really are a couple of troublemakers. <laughs> um, but you got all but two corrects. So a very, very good score. Very good that's, job. That's a that's a, a B a B minus by sure. any metric. So coming back to your thoughts on um it seeming like a real dinosaur, they do find a real dinosaur tooth lodged in the bumper of the car after it is ripped off but but um velma is very astute in finding out that it's a fossilized dinosaur tooth yeah yeah which makes me consider the um the person making this this fake dinosaur had to have gotten an entire like Skeletons worth of real dinosaur teeth to make up this uh this this costume, which means or, or maybe yeah, or maybe it's a necromancer. 
Could be. I'm just saying, like, if they really did get a bunch of fossilized teeth, it is, this would be, like, the most expensive um, Scooby-Doo costume of all time. <laughs> you know, they're not just putting well, on a, a witch mask or whatever. This is, like, yeah, well, priceless. Again, not to spoil the end of the episode, but it, it, I think it, you think you might be right in, in that depending on how much it takes. Yeah, yeah. Um, they followed some dinosaur tracks to uh, Tuttle's paleontology site which is all trashed and they discover that this isn't a cave at all but it's a mine shaft and more importantly there's there have been some fresh digs going on in this mine shaft but there's no ore yeah and weird al is very knowledgeable about the lack of ore in, in the, in the uh, cave as well yeah, but he knows everything that's going on at this. Uh, on it's this his mountain. camp. He's got to, he, you know, he he got to be a, a a responsible camp master. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> do you? Um, I just I don't know that I would uh, follow somebody I've just met into a, a creepy cave on a mountain that he owns. You know, I'm sure the the weird owl's a nice guy and everything that you could trust him. But if it was anybody else. This seems dodgy. I don't know. Well, the mystery gang aren't very um, discerning in their in who they hang out with. That's that's true. That's true. They really kind of fly in the face of danger all the time. <laughs> um, well, um, while wearing a kick-ass ascot. Exactly. Exactly. I thought there was a, a scene in here that was really sweet, which is uh, Scooby-Doo is very scared because he's, you know, in a cave with dinosaurs around and everything. So Al sings him a little lullaby, which I thought was really nice. And was like the one song that I thought was good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, I, this episode doesn't really um, help my case that he's a comedic genius. Well, I'm sure that he probably didn't write most of his own dialogue or song. Right. Yeah. Um, Al then plays the theremin instead of the uh, the uh, accordion, which I thought was a funny bit because like the theremin is obviously also a very spooky instrument. Uh, yes, um, uh, and he apparently just had a giant theremin in his backpack, mm-hmm. one that can he can strap to his chest and play like an accordion, which is at a moment's notice. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, that's when I realized, oh, this 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 show is cartoon. <laughs> and that's when you figured out that this was a cartoon for children. Well, I was like, some cartoons for children adhere to real real world rules, and some don't. Yeah. And this one, I was like, oh, okay. That that was like the clincher. It's like, oh, he he literally pulled it out of his pocket. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, do you? That they find a a crystallized fossil in this uh, in this mine. It's a crystallized egg with a baby dinosaur still inside of it. Um, right, and that's when the that's when we get our only Jurassic Park reference. I think in the episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, you would think there would be more. I do think that the uh, the sound effects are literally the ones from Jurassic Park, but they uh, they pretty much just use those anytime. There's a dinosaur in anything these days, right? Yeah. It, it always makes me think, like... Who owns the rights to Jurassic Park? Is that Warner Brothers? 
I'm not. I think it is a universal thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, that makes sense because in Scooby Doo is Warner Brothers, correct? Yes, but I do think that the sound effects are pretty easy to get a hold of because pretty much yeah. everybody uses them. Oh, yeah, the, the the famously the T Rex was just a bunch of animals mashed together. Yeah, and you know we have no idea what they sounded like, but you know, yeah, that uh, it sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> Sounding like that, yeah, that's a fun. I take Jurassic Park, good movies. I agree. Great, great stuff. I wish they did more Jurassic Park stuff in this episode. Um, is this the only time that they faced a real-world creature like this? No, there there have been dinosaurs a couple of times. Oh, um, really? I thought that this was the first. I, I assumed that this was the only time they fought a dinosaur. This would be the first time it was a Allosaurus they have fought. Oh, a T Rex at some point. This wasn't a t- I guess it wouldn't be a T. A T Rex would have been bigger, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. At least I assume this is an Allosaurus because it's what's in the title. I don't actually. Uh, oh, oh, I get it. Allosaurus. I see. What yeah. Doing. I don't know what they actually look like, but I assume they look like this, and it didn't really look like a T Rex to me. Um, but you know, I'm not a six year old, so I'm not an expert on dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a dinosaur kid either. Well, you were a kid before Jurassic Park was a big deal. So uh, I was ten when it came out. I know, I'm just saying, like, you know, you missed the window, because usually yeah. it's like every kindergartner's got a favorite dinosaur and everything like that. Um, you know what, Dan, Dan? You're my favorite dinosaur. How about that? How dare you? <laughs> um, we find out that uh, that Weird Al already has a trap prepared for this uh, very occasion. Um, he's going to blow a dam and uh, have the water carry the dinosaur into a net. And Velma points out that he already had this because he wanted to use it to trap the camper's parents. Because the accordion itself is portrayed in the episode as a annoying instrument that even right. the parents wouldn't want to listen to. This, I think, was the most UHF-adjacent joke in that it was portraying um, Weird Al as a kind-hearted but sinister character. You know what I mean? So he's, he, he, he's PG in his songs, but he, yeah. he, he can get dark. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the, the trap is supposed to be set off by someone playing the high A on a accordion. And, and he, rather than have uh, Shaggy do that, who has already been established as someone very capable of doing that. Or even himself. Oh, or even himself, the master accordion player himself, he decides to put the, put the, Fate of everybody in the hands of the, of the dog with no thumbs. Yeah, yeah. Which I will tell you, Dan, I like this. I like that it is painting Weird Al as this nice guy whose number one goal is he to. Genuinely wants Scooby to hit that high A because you know he wants him to do better. Exactly. I understand the 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 gist of it. I'm just I'm just trying to be silly. 
No, but yeah, it is it is ridiculous. But it, I did I did like it. I thought it was a nice um, bit of character business that you don't often get in a formulaic show like Scooby Doo. Uh, so I did like it. Uh, this is around the time that we realized that there's actually a second Allosaurus. What? Um, what? Yes, there are two of them, and they both want this egg. Two. Two dinosaurs in this economy? Well, I mean, you're right. <laughs> yeah, but you're right at this point. You know, surely Weird Al would tell the news. You know, like, hey, I got two dinosaurs on my land. They're alive, and they're hanging out. Oh, oh my god, I can't believe we didn't even bring up that Weird Al, I don't know if you know this, did a song in the 90s about Jurassic Park. I did not know that. What's it called? It's called Jurassic Park. Of course. Well, my, my bad. <laughs> it is a parody of a song you're probably not familiar with because I wasn't familiar with it. Where Sometimes Weird Al, most of the time he'll do a contemporary song that he, that he right. on Rare occasions they'll pick an old song because it just fits very well. There's this old song from like the 60s called MacArthur Park. I've never heard of it. You're right. It's, just, it's good to go like MacArthur Park is raining in the dark. So, yeah. uh, and then so Weird Al goes, Jurassic Park is frightening in the dark. All the dinosaurs are running wild. You should watch the music video. It's in it's, uh, claymation. Okay. It does sound fun. Yeah, he, I just realized that we've gone all this time talking about Weird Al and Dinosaurs. I didn't even bring up that he literally sang about Jurassic Park. Um, yeah, I'll check it out. During the sequence, we do get a dinosaur fight, which is always fun and good to see. You know, everybody yeah, and, likes and, that. And, and, and Shaggy and, and Scooby geek out over seeing a dinosaur fight, as, you, as anyone would. Yeah, because they are real dinosaurs. Exactly, exactly. They're, at the very least real tangible things in front of them that weigh lots of exactly exactly um weird al tells scooby that he needs to believe that's the only way to play and naturally shaggy's like come on give me this we're all gonna die let me play the high a so they have a whole fight over the accordion um that results in scooby-doo flying up in the air and playing the high a with his butt which sets off the trap. Um, and wouldn't you know it? There are two dinosaurs. And there are two Pete's. Oh, those, 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 those Canadians. Can't I am curious about their plan because they were, you know, obviously looking for fossils by creating a giant destructive machine that tears through the caves and such and uh and doesn't seem very um what's the word i'm looking for it doesn't seem very yeah well yeah for sure but i just mean like it it literally would uh they would just trample anything that they were looking for <laughs> um it doesn't seem very with giant animatronic dinosaurs you think they must be very wealthy already if they could afford two giant animatronic dinosaurs that you can control from the inside. Yeah, yeah. You'd think they could have just, you know, put on some ski masks and nobody could see that it was them who was digging at night or whatever. But I guess this was more fun, for sure. Yes. Uh, the, 
Uh, not the most sinister Pete and Pete's in pop culture, by the way. <laughs> That's true. Um, the episode ends on a a nice little button where uh, Weird Al encourages Scooby to, instead of playing the accordion, to be a percussionist and gives him a whole uh, drum set. I will say I was disappointed that the in this episode... There was no sequence where Shaggy and Scooby dress up and try to fool the dinosaur into thinking they were other people. Yeah, that could have been fun. They could have dressed up as dinosaurs or, um, um, like... Dinosaurs, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, like, that's sexy lady dinosaurs. Maybe that's why that didn't happen in this. Do they do that in Scooby-Doo, I guess, we in other episodes? Yeah, for sure. It does happen. It didn't really fit in this one, now that I think about it. Yeah, I mean, they don't do every bit in every episode, you know, because then they would get old, of course. <laughs> um, but that's the end of the episode, Dan. Um, yes. Which means it's time for Jinkies or Stinkies. Okay. And I think you're going to do very well here, because the way Jinkies or Stinkies works is that I find six little stories about a topic related to the episode, Sometimes they will be true, which are chinkies. Sometimes I will have made them up. Those are stinkies. I'm so ready I've, to take on the jinkies or stinkies champion, Daniel Foster. That's right. That's right. Well, I've I've collected six stories about Weird Al Yankovic. So oh, very God. well. Uh, Foster's very well going down. Be here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Here we go. A king of nerd culture. Weird Al has garnered an impressively large fan base over the years, a bona fide cult of devotees. Fans are often looking to find ways to make their fandom known to other people. One man got the entire lyrics to Albuquerque tattooed on his back. Another bought one of Weird Al's accordions at a charity auction for $1.4 million. But nothing takes the cake more than Paul and Jessica Showalter, who had twins, a boy and a girl, and named them Weird and Al in tribute. So the question is true or false? Yes, did that really happen, or did I make it up? I think you made that up. I did make it up. You're right. <laughs> All right, next up. Even though he already had multiple songs playing on the radio at this point, Al had multiple day jobs, even through the 80s. He famously worked as an accordion repo man whose job was to track down used accordions rented from at a music school. But... Later on, he worked for a radio company, calling local radio stations to make sure they were playing the ads that they were supposed to. He was already on the radio at this point, though, so he'd call up a radio station and they'd be like, Wait, aren't you Weird Al Yankovic? To which he'd have to say, Yeah, but I'm here to ask if you've been advertising Trident like you're supposed to. That is true. That is true. Yes. Yes. He, was, he wasn't um, very wealthy in the 80s until Edith came around. Right. Edith was the big uh, turnaround, for sure. Um, when Weird Al was supposed to be on the Dave Letterman show in 2003, he was asked what kind of thing he likes to have in his dressing room. As a joke, he said that he wanted a large bowl full of only brown M&Ms and sent a schematic with the exact dimensions of the bowl he required. When he arrived, he found exactly what he had asked for waiting on the coffee room table. He felt really bad and asked the producer of the show which PA had put it together. After the taping, he gave her a handwritten note of apology and a signed bag of M&Ms, noting that she would save some of the brown ones for him. Now, I don't know the answer to this off, offhand, but this sounds like him. So, I mean, he, 
he's very, very famously known as one of the nicest celebrities alive. And so I'm going to go ahead and say true. That one is false, Dan. Oh, I made it, it up. I did play off of the fact that he is a nice guy. But I'm sure that if this did happen, then it wouldn't have been something he would have done. Because he is just a nice fellow. Yes, he is. I would... I've met a few famous people in my de- in my time, and mm-hmm. they've kept my cool. But if I were to ever meet now, I'd probably because I love him so much. He, yeah, I mean, he does seem like a really sweet fellow. Okay, we got three more. Cool. Al has said that roughly two to three percent of artists turn him down when he asks them for permission to parody. Yes. Paul McCartney and Jimmy Page have both said no, but none have ever been so f- uh, firm against his parodies as the artist formerly known as Prince. Prince not only turned Al down on multiple occasions, but when they were both at the American Music Awards, Prince banned Al from even looking at him for the duration of the ceremony. That is true. It is true. Yes. Prince is, uh, Prince is, was famously uh, not a man with a huge sense of humor, but then he was also yeah. a fan of New Girl, so who knows? Well, that is, it's inexplicable, really. <laughs> Have you heard uh, Weird Al, uh, quick, quick uh, story, Weird Al does, um, sometimes when you go to concerts, he'll do the parodies that he got turned down on, oh. uh, that he couldn't record. So the parody, the parody for Paul, that Paul McCartney wouldn't let him do, uh, he wanted to do a parody of Live and Let Die called Chicken Pot Pie. <laughs> That's actually really good. That's really funny. He performs it. He performs it sometimes live because there's no uh, there's no legalities there. Right. Yeah. That's really so good. He could he could do a parody of anything he wants without permission. Yeah. He just that's just his his modus operandi is just to get permission because it's the right it's the nice thing to do. Yeah, and he's big enough that you know you, you don't want to make somebody upset with you. Right, Julio. Um, exactly, exactly. Um, All right, let's go. Two more. Scooby Doo isn't the only show Weird Al has guest starred on. The more famous appearances include The Simpsons and Thirty Rock, but perhaps the most bizarre is his guest spot on Extreme Makeover Home Edition. In an uncharacteristic joke segment for the show, Weird Al played a song for one of the kids because the host, Ty Pennington, conflated the girl's obsession with polka dots to being an obsession with polka music. The segment generated a lot of angry letters to the, to the show. Some people who were upset that they had subjected the girl to a uh, something she wouldn't enjoy, and others who were upset that the girl was ungrateful for the honor of a private Weird Al Yankovic performance. This sounds false to me. It is true. I, I watched the segment on YouTube. It is very bizarre and really weird. <laughs> I, will have to check that I will check that out. I'll have to check that out because this is literally the first time I'm hearing this. Yeah, really weird. Um, okay, last one. Here we go. Al has cited the weirdest performance of his career was the one he did at an Amish colony in 1998. As a response to the massive success of his single Amish Paradise, interest in the Amish was significantly up in the United States. Therefore, an Amish colony in Vermont agreed to have Weird Al come visit with an MTV crew and to have a filmed performance as well as a walkabout interview segment where Al would get to learn their culture and lifestyle. Al said that the interview was really interesting, but the performance was the worst one of his career. He wasn't allowed any instruments, even an accordion, and said that most of the older members of the community refused to be present 
and instead either locked themselves up in their homes or noisily went about their work, tilling the field and tending to animals as he performed. The segment never made it to air because the Amish colony had a vote after the taping and decided that they no longer wished for it to be broadcast. That is God false. That is false, yeah. Well, nice try, even, but no. Yeah. It, it is, uh, yeah, it's not true. Um, but you got four out of the six correct. Oh, how did the champion do? Uh, he, Daniel got all of them correct. He's the only oh, person to get. Lord this over me, isn't he? Maybe. Uh, if you bring it up, for sure. He's the only person to ever get all correct. Um, but that's it. That's it in the show, Dan. Do you have anything that you want to plug for the people? Well, I am. Um, I, I, you, you said I was a comedian. I, used, I have done stand-up comedy. Uh, I don't really do it anymore. I'm going to school right now. I live in southern Florida. So I guess... Two to four years from now, when I become a, a teacher, let me hire me at your school. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a good plug for sure. Um, are you going to be teaching accordion? I'm um, not musically inclined. No, I probably just teaching, you know reading and and, and and crap like that. Ah, fair enough, I guess. Um, do you have any social media or anything that you want people to follow you on? Maybe uh, I have a Twitter, but I don't really tweet. I have an Instagram, but I don't really post. Really? I am, I'm, I'm an, uh, I'm an old man. That makes sense. I got you. Um, if anyone out there listening wants to follow me on Twitter, they can do so at the real Brundine. They can follow the show at heavy metal pod. Uh, that's on Twitter, both those things. If you like the show, please feel free to follow the RSS feed. Uh, it is a weekly show. Each week we cover an episode from a different era of Scooby-Doo. And there's a rotating guest spot. Speaking of guests, Dan, thank you so much for being here. It's doing been a this. real pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. I was very glad to, to do this, talk about a very silly episode of Scooby-Doo, and talk about the great man that is Weird Al Yankovic. Um, once more, thank you for listening to this show. And to all you meddling kids out there, please remember to stay groovy. Ha, 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 ha.